All right, welcome kings and queens to another episode of All In Society. We have a very special episode. Actually, probably the this is going to be the, probably my favorite episode of this season, one hundred percent, because we got Ryan Jones. And you're saying, well, who is Ryan Jones? Well, you're going to figure out exactly who Ryan Jones is. In the poker community, you probably know exactly who Ryan Jones is. But if you guys are not poker players, I'm going to give you his resume right now, at least his poker resume. So Ryan is ranked number 14 in the state of North Carolina. And this is all the pretty much any poker player that plays a poker tournament, as long as that venue relays the information on how you place in tournaments. All this information is compiled in a database called Hen and Mob. And all the results for all the poker players in the state of North Carolina, Ryan is ranked number 14. He's making a lot of money also and taking down a lot of accolades. So, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you, boy. Thank you. Glad to, glad to be here. Yeah. So, um, so let's give you your flowers. We're gonna, we talked about this a little bit already. Uh, but we're gonna go over your caches. Just of recently, this, at least the the largest caches, your winnings. Um, just of this year, five eleven twenty three. At the World Series of Poker, Cherokee Main Event Circuit, it's a seventeen hundred dollar, no limit hold'em. Event at Cherokee, North Carolina, Harris Cherokee, North Carolina. Uh, casino, and he took first place for three hundred and two thousand. Now, Ryan, do you remember off the top of your head how many players were in that event? Um, no, I, I don't. It was like one of the smaller Cherokee uh, circuit stops. Now, man, like those things used to get you know around a quarter mil to first. Mm-hmm. I mean, recently in the past couple of years, they've been getting like three eighty, three sixty, four hundred to first. It's been pretty wild. The numbers. Uh, how fast the numbers have grown there, but if I had to guess, I would say around like twelve hundred. But don't quote me on that. Okay, okay. Is there other events that might be um, running during that time as well? As far- no, well, it was uh, it was Mother's Day weekend. Okay, and Mother's Day weekend, and there was something else going on. There was like two other things going on. I think maybe Texas had something, mm-hmm. and then yeah, there was something else going on pretty close. Okay, okay. So I didn't see this is the reason why I need to pay attention to your peers. So had I known that you had done so well already this year, I'm pretty sure we played a couple pots when we played at the Aria (laughs) and I would have avoided you at all costs (laughs) for the record. How many did I even get a hand through or did you just crush me in every hand? I wasn't at your table long because I like max, or I don't want to say max late reg, but I late reg because, um, actually it's funny you bring up the Aria's like, I love those Aria tournaments, yes. Aria like dailies during the summer. They're so great. Yes. I didn't play that many of them this year because I was like coming off of a big score and like I wanted to play all the stuff that I wanted to play. And most of that was be at the world series or at the win or something like that. And, I think that day, or I don't think I know that day that we played together. Mm-hmm. And I had like just lost in like the one k, the one k double stack or something at, at the at the uh, Paris. Okay, and came over there. So, okay, yeah, I late regged and I was short, and we weren't at the same table for long. I think we only played like one or two pots. Okay, you probably won both. 
<laughs> I definitely won one. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think we only played one. Because I think you just, like, defended your big line. And okay. It wasn't like a... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. At least... The it's what? wild how I can remember hands. I, I, don't, I don't understand how I can do that, but I can definitely remember. I think I even had, like, king-queen suited. It's pretty wild that I remember that. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Do you... Can you kind of recall a lot of your, um, like, final tables and play those hands over yeah, and over? So, 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 yeah, I mean, some of the older ones, maybe not so much, but I, I can remember specific hands. Like, I have, I have what my girlfriend calls a selective memory. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember things that I want to yes, remember. Yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, I love the game of poker, so I guess I want to remember uh, pretty important hands to me, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's pretty wild how I can just remember that. And you know, you know why I remember that hand, uh, Claude, is because uh, that was the first time I saw you on the other side of the table. Uh, and I, and okay. I, I mentioned that something, something about that to you. I mentioned, yes. I like, hey man, no, I know you from somewhere. Yes. And you know, we we kind of caught up a little bit, and you know, I, I like I like seeing that. And then you mentioned something about your uh, your what you're doing here and with the All In Society, and I thought that was great. And you know we we exchange Instagrams and stuff like that. I that's the aspect of live poker that I love, man. Yes, it's like the interaction. You know, it's like when COVID happened, every everything got shut down, and you know everyone was playing online, and mm-hmm. I was making a lot of money because everyone, all these new players were playing. But I missed the live interaction of poker, right? And, and networking and meeting new people. You know, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I took some time off and stopped playing. And um, what are you saying? So everyone's like, what is he talking about the other side of the table? So it was probably in Choctaw in Oklahoma. There was a casino in Oklahoma. It's called Choctaw. Um, that's probably where you, I dealt to you last time, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely in Choctaw. Yeah. Did you ever used to deal in Florida, or, or am I tripping about that? I attempted to go to Florida, but because I did dumb things on my um, time off, I was not able to go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. See, I, just, I just felt like... Um, I mean, definitely Choctaw, and I just felt like there was some other place that that you dealt to me, and uh, and you know, basically, so so I'm half black, half white. So, yes. You know, when when I see you know someone of my nation, there's not many you know black people in poker. Right. So when you see when you see black people around in poker, you know you you want to gravitate towards them, or at least I do. Right. And you want to hear their story and so forth and so on. So, anyways, you stuck out to me when, when you were dealing. You were always cool. You are always a great dealer. So, you know, it's it, easy to remember, you know? Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But, yeah, um, so let's, let's kind of get into that. Um, I did want to mention this. So, Ryan, as well, in 2015, <laughs> he won the Cherokee main event again or as well for 235K. And in 2017, he won another main event, uh, 1675 in Las Vegas at the Rio for first place for 269K. And he also mentioned this event was a lot tougher because a lot of the grinders live in Vegas. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the uh, so it, and that's what I was I was alluding at before is like, so, so in, in Vegas, that's that's the hub, right? The poker hub. Like, right. It's so easy to be a poker player and live in Vegas. Um, you know, there's no state taxes. Uh there's tournaments every day of the week, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a series. There's, you know, every month there's a big series. And this is easy. You, you wake up, you can go play cash games whenever you want. Right. So, you know, when the circuit is in town, oh, you got all the grinders there. And it just feels like 
Uh, I, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think I won it in like, uh, I think it was like February or like uh, April or, or I don't know, somewhere around the first of the year. So like basically what I'm saying is I don't think many people were traveling out to the Rio to play the 1700 at the, at the, at the circuit, you know, it's like the final three tables of that tournament say it was a who's who, but you knew everybody in the final three tables, whereas opposed to someplace in, you know, like in Cherokee or something where, you know, the final three tables, you may know a few players, you know, off the top of your head. And then Mm -hmm. the others are just kind of sprinkled in and the spot may be really big for them as opposed to, you know, in Vegas where, through these spots all the time just because they have the luxury of playing all the time in Vegas. All right. Oh man, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Wow. See, when you when you talk to next level players, you get next level tidbits and things, gems being dropped. I uh, appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't even think about something like that. Yeah, it's just it's just certain things I've learned, you know, throughout the journey and, and I will say like so the circuit is great. But man, these days they've made it really hard to like travel to every stop with all the rake. And mm-hmm. I mean, we know inflation <laughs> in the world, even outside of poker, is crazy right now. So, you know, traveling, it, it's tough on the players, man. And so, like, you know, that was back in 2017. But like, think about it now, it's like a, a random one-off circuit in, in Vegas is going to be super tough compared to your, your, your stop in Cherokee where got to think of Cherokee as a little hub, right? right. So you got Atlanta, you got Virginia, you got uh, North Carolina, you got Tennessee, you got all these places that are so close to this little tiny area mm-hmm. in the mountains. And it's just like a hub where all these people can come. That's why it's so big. It's like one of the biggest stops. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you get in Vegas, like, you got to have a purpose to go to Vegas. Like, I mean, you know, people aren't just going to fly out there for like the 1700s. That's the kind of the differences that I see, in it, you know? Yes. Yes. All right, well, I was going to, before we move transition off the, off the felt to some heavy stuff, um, I did want to discuss, because you mentioned the win, and there's also the, the new WSOP uh, Bahamas, the Paradise um, right. thing that they have going on. But which venue are you choosing to go to? Uh, I'm definitely going to go to the win. Okay. I think the win is just... I mean, the Wynn is one of the nicest places to play at, man. It's like, obviously, the Wynn is a beautiful casino, but they do a really jo- really good job running the tournaments there. Um, it feels like a homey atmosphere. Um, and I think that, well, what they've done with this uh, this main event, this 10,000, I mean, mm-hmm. really absurd. Like, they're just giving away all of these seats. There are going to be so many satellite winners. I think that it honestly is basically we have two um, – main events every year now. So, like, right. you know, get the World Series poker main event, and this is, like, the next best thing. Or maybe, honestly, it might even be better at this point, to be honest. Like, wow. Just because they're... I don't want to say... I, I'm expecting it to be really good. Okay. I, I don't. I wouldn't say the last one was, but I think that this one could be up there with how good the main event is during the summer. Okay. I really do. And you played um, last year. Uh, yes. Okay. I did not do very well. I did... Didn't even uh, make it through to day two, but, you know, that, that's poker tournaments. Um, and the main event is just – so So the, the feeling of playing the World Series of Poker main event is a rush like un, uh, unlike any other, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you get deep in that tournament, it just gets your blood going. Like, it's, <laughs> it's an incredible feeling. And I think that – like I said, I think the win has a chance to give you those same feelings. Okay. I think it's going to be a, a buzz in the room. 
you know, it's right during Christmas. Like, it gives poker players, like, that little, uh, what am I trying to say, like a, a, a bite in between, uh, you know, summer to summer. Okay. So usually we'd have to wait for the whole another summer to play the whole main event again. Well, now we get, like, this little secondary main event that I, I'm telling you, I think it has a potential to be really big and have that same buzz as the, the World Series. Okay. Nice. Um, as far as the... Uh-huh. I was just going to add to that. So, and the reason I chose not to go to the Bahamas is because I feel like, I feel like they just added that. I don't want to say as a money grab, but, man, it just feels like they're just giving away so many bracelets these, these days, like... They're adding that, and I think there's only, like, a 12-tournament schedule. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, do I want to go to the Bahamas? My my costs, uh, you know, my expenses are going to be way higher out there. It's like like 12 bucks for a bottle of water. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just wild. And um, the rooms are super expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I'm partial to Vegas, I guess. So it was an easy decision for me to choose uh, the win over the Bahamas. And I think... I think you'll see a lot of players do that. I think you'll see some players do both, the ones that care about the bracelets and stuff like that. And, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I want to win a bracelet, but I, I play poker to make money first right. and foremost, you know. So right. I think that uh, the win will be a great series, and I think I can cut down some of my costs, and, and I'm excited to go. Right. So I, because I've never really been out of the country, I've been to Canada, but I used to live in Michigan, so that's just a hop and a skip, so I don't consider it out of the country. Um, and I also thought because the win has done such a good job, every time I asked anyone about where they were going this December, they said the win to me, that meant all the best players were in the tough, it would be a tougher field at the win opposed to the Bahamas. There'll be people there more. So your just your average Joe just wants to go there and play cards and vacation opposed to go there. Um, so, and then I have like points and things with my, uh, uh, the hotel I stay at. So, um, okay. Okay. so I was like, I don't think you can make a bad decision for either one. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Bahamas is going to be bad necessarily. It's just, uh, you know, I'd already had my mind, like I got a little taste of playing that, that 10 K last, uh, mm-hmm. last year. Right. Mm-hmm. And now they're making it even bigger and better. It's just <laughs> like, I, I get that. I'm getting that same itch. So like, as I do when I'm like ready to play the main event during the summer. So, um, yeah. I, and like I said, I, I see, I see the points for both for sure. This seems well, it seems like they also do like these little things as far as the entertainment. Uh, Yasser mentioned there was a drum line or something. So just like they do, yeah, the, yeah. they go above and beyond and maybe spend more than uh, WSOP would do on little things like this. Yeah, for sure. Last year they gave out these, um, everyone got, when you like registered and mm-hmm. sat down in your seat, everyone got these like little light up bracelets, right? Mm-hmm. And they put on these bracelets and then, they did like random drawings, and you would just get a free seat. <laughs> what? Lit up. If you have bracelet lit up, then you get a free seat. I just thought that was great. I mean, you don't see the World Series doing stuff like that. I mean, no, that... You're, you're never gonna see that. Like it's just, you know, I, I thought it was a nice little touch. They had like a, yeah, they had like a whole show. They had they paid like this, uh, you know, one of these shows in Vegas to come in and entertain us for a little bit. Which, you know, don't get me wrong. Like we're sitting there playing a poker tournament. It was kind of annoying at the time. But, like, looking back, I was like, okay, you know, I could see there's some production value there, you know, especially for someone that, you know, me, I'm there to play, I'm there to make money, and don't get me wrong, you're still there to have fun, but, like, I could see, like, the amateur that came in there, uh, you know, decided to take off time from work, and Mm -hmm. they probably really appreciated that, you know? Okay. Awesome. 
And then obviously when you think of high class, so and they're going to attract the players that have played ten thousand dollar events are players that are more likely can afford to to blow ten well I shouldn't say blow ten thousand dollars. But they have the bullets. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um well you were talking about satellites. Uh do you expect it to be like more satellite players than like the WSOP or pretty much this along the same? Yeah, I just think I, I don't think it, I don't think it'll be more. Um, I think that I think that they're trying to make it a second main event, so they're trying to compete with that, right? Like, they're, yeah, they're having all these satellites online. They're uh, giving away seats. I mean, you go on Twitter or it's X now. Sorry, uh, you go on X, and <laughs> I still can't get used to that. But anyways, you go on X, and it feels like every other day they're putting out some contest, uh, you know, to select a random winner and. You know, maybe you have to submit a, a vlog or something, but mm-hmm. it's just great. I think what they're doing, you don't really see WSOP doing like incentivized giveaways and stuff like that anymore. It's just, you know, I think that was kind of like back when they had to do that. And I think they realized they don't have to do that anymore. Right. All right. So I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit, see if we can get some, some more gems from you. What would you say is, uh, and I know we were, we discussed, uh, off record, you were mentioning your success was at the Cherokee events where kind of knowing those opponents and being familiar with those opponents, rather if you were just somebody that flew in and played the main event and you don't know anybody, well, you have a little bit of an edge. Um, but as well as that, what were you? What would you say is your key to success? Do you? Um, is there a certain training site that you use? Um, uh, you have a like a nice support group of poker players that you bounce ideas and hands off of. Yeah, for sure. I think having that support group is, is very important in poker, mm-hmm. and maybe not support group. Maybe that's the wrong word, but like just that circle that you could. Uh, yeah you know, bounce hands off with and stuff. And, you know, back when, so in 2015, when I had that score, like I was super raw, like I I relied on instincts and, Mm -hmm. you know, don't get me wrong, math and instincts. And I didn't know anything about GTO or anything like that. Like some of the hands that I played back then, I look back and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like what was I doing? (laughs) You know, (laughs) some real, like some real torches as far as like some ITM value and stuff like that. But I was oblivious to it. And I just, relied on instincts right and i think that having that that base is, is great right. like i do some coaching and and i'd rather i'd rather a student come to me with like raw talent and just pure aggression and, and stuff like that it's where i can dial that back a little bit as opposed to just coming to me and being scared to put a chip in the pot you know? okay so i think that that helped me um and you know transitioning to 2017 uh, I started working with uh, Chance Corniff, and I think he is honestly, honestly probably the greatest coach that I, I've been coached by a few different people, but I think he's one of the greatest coaches I've ever had, um, and especially tailored towards my game because he is an instinct. Well, he knows so he knows all the GTO right, right? But he's a very much an instinctual and um, adaptive player, meaning that. He plays according to the table. He is going to look for exploits. Um, he's going to – he knows the GTO, right, but he's going to deviate from that when he feels necessary 
uh, to really exploit and uh, pick on his opponents. And I really love that aspect of his game, and that's why I, I was drawn to uh, his chip leader coaching program. Right. Um, I was in the second wave, uh, second wave of his like. So, so at first it was a it was a coaching for profit type program. So he had these groups that he would bring in, and he would coach these players in groups. There would be individual sessions as well, but he would coach in groups mostly. And um, you gave up a, a certain percentage of your your winnings to pay for your coaching, right? Okay. So it's called coaching for profit. Did they um, uh, back you? How did they? Is this kind of? Well, well, I think they did back some players, but they did not back me. Okay. Okay. Um, I had already went into. Um, that uh, program with a previous backing deal, and I wasn't looking for any backing. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> went into that, and I was in, like, the second wave. So the first wave, uh, <laughs> you might have heard of him, Alex Foxen. He was in the first wave. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's when all that started, and then Foxen started crushing. Um, Foxen did a lot of studying on his own. Ah, okay. He close with uh, – Really became close with Chance, and then later on they kind of went away from the coaching for profit type thing and and went to a more course based approach. And him and Alex have, uh, I think, a couple different courses now. Um, I know I did one of their courses called the Closer, which I thought was really well or mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I think that his style, or sorry, Chance Chance's like style of coaching and uh, play is something that like really hit home with me um, because I I thrive in those fields where I can make exploits and just coming from that like that raw like uh, playing off the of instincts uh, background when I was younger and had success with that so now I'm able to um, incorporate some GTO but still use uh, you know a quote unquote talent. Um, so I think combining that is uh, really, really paid off for me. And um, that's the fun thing about poker. And what I love about poker is we never stop learning, man. So I'm still, I'm still uh, trying to get better every day now, you know? Right. Would you say it's easier to play a comp- opponent that has no knowledge of GTO whatsoever or someone who is almost like knows it by the book and so you can kind of, you know how to play them? Um. I would say there's there's benefits and, and downsides to both. Okay. Um, so, you know, when you're playing a, a player where you you think they're going to think along the same lines of you um, as far as theory goes, mm-hmm. you kind of you know some of the baselines, right? Um, but then when you're – I would say switching up, switching up between the two is, is what, makes it, what makes it challenging, right? So, mm-hmm. like, you know – so, so in poker, there's there's this thing I call it. Uh, I tell my students like we are definitely going to stereotype everybody that we play against, right? Mm-hmm. So like if I sit down on the table <laughs> yes. and there's a European reg, like I'm just going to assume he's good yeah. until he proves me otherwise. Yes. But if I sit down and I see you know a 60 year old woman, I'm going to assume she's not very good. Mm-hmm. But that's just a stereotype, and they have to prove me wrong. Um, so, anyways, the reason I said that is because. <clears throat> You know, we are going to play play to our assumptions until proven otherwise. So when you see these, these you know, farmers in Cherokee 
you're going to assume that they're not playing a game, and you're going to be able to make the deviations, right? You're going to be able to use your exploits more often. Um, So I would say there's benefits and and downsides to both. Uh, I don't know if I did a real good job explaining that. No, absolutely. The way I think about it. Okay. No, because it brought me to another question, and this is a question that I. Very few people can answer this question for me, so I'm glad we can get this on record. So, rather, I'm going to piggyback off what you said, what we're kind of going off of our assumptions. As, I don't want to, I'm trying to make this as PC as possible. Once you sit down at a poker table, you know you're being perceived a certain way as a black man. How do you take, how do you, you, take advantage of that um yeah so i don't want to give away too much yeah, right. uh, but I, I i do i do understand what you're asking i'm yes. trying to think of the best way to answer yes um, okay so i would say that people probably people probably think um i am going to play a little more reckless yes than, than they would expect i even had a really good player tell me one time uh he looked me straight in the face and said Man, you play a lot better than you look like you would play. That's what he told me. And that's, that's the realest thing I've ever heard, man. Yeah. That's the stereotypes fitting in, right? Yeah. So, like, these people might expect me to be reckless and splashy and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. yes, don't get me wrong, like, I'm probably perceiving that because I am, I'm, I'm V-tipping a bunch, which means, you know, putting chips in the pot a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when it comes to showing my cards... You know, yeah, you might catch me bluffing every now and then, but in a big pot, I'm probably going to have it, right? Right. So, especially versus the people that don't think I'm going to have it, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's all about <laughs> exploiting that, you know, basically, you know, I'm not going to bluff Farmer Joe, you know, until he knows that, like, I've showed down a few good hands. But, you know, if the European reg, I may, I may try to go for a few more bluffs for a cent. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, it's all about knowing what they're, how they perceive you. And I think that, it's almost, it's probably more, yeah, I think it's more important to know how p- other people perceive you yes. as opposed to your own stereotypes. Nice. So, so until these people know me, you know, they probably think I'm splashing around and, you know, just, you know, doing a, doing a little bit too much, but it's all controlled. And right. it's all uh, experience-based, you know, how I play the game. I mean, I'm not just in there, you know, doing things for the fun of it. I have uh, reasons and theories behind all of the actions I make at a poker table. And mm-hmm. if I don't, then I study why, why I did that because mm-hmm. that's not a part of the game that I want to be in my game. You know, right. I want to have reasons for to do everything I want to do right. or that I do at the poker table. So, okay. Yeah. I think that, uh, I hope that answered your question. What, yes. Kind of a, yes. That was, I didn't want to give away too much. No. But, uh, no yeah. 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 I wasn't expecting you to give away. Like I would play a hand specifically this way. I wasn't yeah. expecting that, but right. no, you, no, you, that was, that was perfect. I appreciate it. Now, um, yeah, no now, for not for a non-technical, now everybody knows, or if those of you who are listening or maybe not familiar and you're not too adapt to playing poker, I've never played it before in a casino setting, a more serious setting. Emotions are very important and controlling your emotions. I think that right there is a key. That right there is the reason why people can't master this game. It's because they can't control their emotions. Yeah, I 100% agree. I used to, I used to really struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Back in the day when I was younger, because I mean, dude, I started playing poker uh, for a living when I was nineteen. Okay. So, you know, as a nineteen-year-old kid, like 
losing hundreds of dollars was not fun. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, obviously you, you try to learn from your mistakes, but it emotionally it was hard to, hard to grasp sometimes. And mm-hmm. luckily I had some people in my corner that were older and had been through ups and downs a lot more to help me out with that. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree that controlling your emotions in poker is, is huge for sure. Yeah. Now, when you get in those spots, when someone makes a comment like that, now, do you kind of, do you kind of like stay mute and you just kind of, you, you know, you have them at that point, or is it sometimes you have a little bit like cockiness inside of you and you just kind of like, you say something just to kind of get under their skin a little bit more just to see how they'll react. Or is it kind of dependent on the player, how you um, approach those situations? Right, so I so I, I got the last part of the question. So what 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 comment are you alluding to? So I, I so the like the play where you said the guy said, or you play a lot better than you look. If someone kind of oh, makes a smart oh, comment yeah. or says something about the way oh, you I play, what you're saying. I got yeah. What you're saying. So no, he he didn't really like say that out loud. Okay. Like, in, in public at the table. Okay. He had like said that to me after we kind of like buddy buddy. Okay. Okay. Buddied, okay. Uh, a little bit after. Um, I don't even think it was at the poker table. But, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that, I, well, first of all, I took it as a compliment. Yes, so yes. If someone did say that at the table, I would just take it as a compliment. And I think confidence is huge in poker, so I would never tell someone that at the table. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, like, I, that would, I think that would be a huge mistake. Okay. Like, it, it's, it's also, it goes to, like, when you're playing a, a, in a poker game and, like, someone makes a big fold to you on the river and they're like, will you show? Like, why would you show? Right. Why would you give them the validation that they made a good fold? Right. You, you want them to roll over in their grave and not be able to sleep. Right. <laughs> made a good fold or not. Like, right. So it goes along, you know, those same lines of, I, I wouldn't want to give somebody that validation and confirmation at the table, you know? So, yes. uh, yeah, I would just, I would take that as a compliment and take it in stride. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any hard feelings toward that. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, as we wind off the poker, do you play cash games as well? Uh, yeah, so I, I started as primarily a cash player, to be honest, um, when I first started playing. So when I was 17, um, right before uh, Black Friday, literally right before, like three weeks before Black Friday, I was um, in, a, in a friend's basement. Well, actually, it wasn't a friend. It was a friend of mine. He worked for him. And he was staking uh, a few players to play on Poker Stars, and mm-hmm. I was getting training for that. And you know, as a seventeen-year-old, I, I was just thinking about that the other day. It's like crazy how, at seventeen, man, they trusted me to play with thousands of their dollars. You know, it's just like <laughs> kind of wild to think about. But yeah, so I was doing that, getting coaching for that, and then you know, pretty much a week after I started, um, you know, Black Friday hit. So oh, wow. uh, I had to figure out some other options and. Uh, ended up just grinding around for a little bit, local games, all cash games, no tournaments at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, then when I was 21, uh, the fall after I turned 21, I moved to Vegas and just purely played cash out there. Mostly played at the Lagio, um, a little bit online still. And yeah, I played cash for a while. And then I had like, I played like two tournaments one summer in 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. And I won one at the win. It was like one of those 600 multi-entry or 400 multi-entry for like 35K. And I was just like, oh, this is great. Like, you mean to tell me I can make 35K 
in a that's day. That's what I made, like, you know, all year grinding these low stakes cash or right. not even that, you know, I was like, this is amazing. So I wanted to get better at tournaments, so then I got, like, kind of the tournament bug and started doing that and then started, you know, so once you get that, that first big score, you're, you're hooked, you know, so, uh, so yeah, but I, I definitely have, would say I have a cash background. Um, I don't play as much cash as I'd like to these days. Okay. Um, I think that I am like settling down a bit, um, uh, with my girlfriend and, you know, I think we're on the verge of like moving in together All right. and stuff like that soon. So things are getting pretty serious there. So I would say once I transition to being more of a family man, I think I'll cut down on all of the, uh, all of the tournament, not all of the tournaments, sorry, but I, I won't be traveling as much and I'll focus more on cash games. Right. But I would say in my like 20s, I just, you know, tournaments, tournaments, tournaments. So uh, yeah. it's just fun, you know, because the, the risk is there. Don't get me wrong. The variance is there. But man, those those highs are highs. Those, those highs are very high for sure. All right. What was it like living in Vegas and just the ability to just wake up any day, almost any time? If you really wanted to play, you could play. It was amazing, man. I like I said, I was young when I lived there. I mean, I'm still young, don't get me wrong. Only 32, but I was a lot younger when I lived there, and it's like mm-hmm. time didn't exist. Like I would, I would mostly play the night shift. To be honest, I would um, play the graveyard shift just because. Um, <clears throat> so I was backed when I moved out to Vegas. I was backed, and uh, it was actually a company that I worked for, and they were very particular about where we played. Okay. Um, I don't know the specific reasons for that. I think they just kind of wanted to keep an eye on us right. and make sure we're not like, you know, off playing blackjack with their money or whatever. Um, but it was very specific to where we could play and that place was pretty much the Bellagio. So, uh, you know, I didn't want to play the hours with the other people in my house because I lived in a house full of poker players Okay. and we all played at the same place. So I didn't want to play, you know, from 12 to seven when my roommate Joey or well, I don't even, that's not his name, but you know, Right. My roommate Joey was going to play at the same hours, like we're playing the same stakes, playing at the same table. Like that's not fun for me. Like I, I want to play against you know the randoms, so right. I would play the graveyard shift, and um, yeah, I just loved it, man. Like the it, it just feels like you have like freedom. Um, I don't know, it's a, it's a different world, man. It, looking back on it now, and like the way I live my life now, basically I had no structure. <laughs> you know, now I now I have some structure in my life. Basically, back then I just was off the not off the rails because I wasn't like partying and right. gambling my life away, but it was just like my my life. I just kind of did what I wanted. <laughs> All right. Well, you mentioned you know wanting to start a family and moving in with your girlfriend and things like that. Um, can you talk about the importance of finding somebody or having somebody that is supportive in your um, your hobbies or passions, whether it's gambling, whatever it is that you want to do? How important that is? Oh, it's, su- it, it's super important, man. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I would say most of my life I've been single. Um, mm-hmm. I've been in like one serious relationship when since I've been involved in like professional poker, like playing poker for a living. Um, and... It just, at first she was okay with it, and then it got to the point where it was, you know, not her favorite thing, and it's just not going to work. It's it's very hard for for people, like, that don't understand the game to right. understand it. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. from the outside looking in. So I think that it's pretty hard to be, like, a, especially a tournament grinder, 
to be a tournament grinder and have a steady relationship is tough, man. Because yeah. you're you're traveling a lot. There's downswings. They don't understand it. Right. Um. You know, it it can be pretty taxing on a relationship. Right. And relationships are already tough in itself. So one hundred percent. It's pretty complicated. And I think that, I think that's why you see a lot of poker players dating each other. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of the women that are in poker date other poker players because it's easy. <laughs> right. You know, right. It, it, like they understand what you're going through, and that connection is just easier to make. Um, I, I would say most of the women you see in poker date other poker players because of that. I mean, I, you know, that's just me throwing it out there. I, just, I haven't done any research on that. No, no, I one hundred percent, I one hundred percent agree. Um, and they, I mean, they're also a they're out of their element because how who are they're not they can't talk to their girlfriends about poker they're like what are you talking about i'm not interested in that um and so they're they're at the poker table talking to the guys and eventually they probably spend more time at the poker table and enjoy that conversation more so than they do with the girls well i don't know obviously i'm not a woman but you understand what i'm saying yeah, I, I think there would be a, a balance there. I've always yeah. been skeptical about dating inside the poker world just because <laughs> yes. I don't think I would want to be like laying on the pillow talking about a hand. Injury, <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. But I, I mean, I'm sure there's relationships that do it. And I'm sure there's they they probably find a way to to not do that. You know. So yeah. But, yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think it's it has been it's definitely been a challenge to find someone that accepts what I do and is supportive, man, because that's the big thing for me is my family, my immediate family has always supported me. Yeah. And without that support, man, it's tough. Like if you're just, you're just in this by yourself, like that's a dark world, you know? Right. Did you now, did you go off to college or anything or you just said, I just want to do this. You knew that at a, very, a young age and that's what you pursued. Uh, that's a great question, man. I, I am one of those people. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people don't say this, but, I truly believe that poker kind of saved my life, to be mm-hmm. honest, man. I was, you know, 16, 15, 16 years old, and I was headed down a pretty dark path. Like, I was a rebel. I had a lot of things going on in my personal life that I just felt like I played that, like, pity card, right? It was like, oh, wow, all these things happened to me, yeah. not realizing that, like, people had it way worse than I did, you know? Right. So I was rebellious in that stage of my life, and, uh, I dropped out of school, I got a job and I was just like, you know, school's not for me. Like I'd rather go make money. Like, and you know, I, uh, my grandmother has been a big part of my life and she was supportive of me not going to school because guess what? I already wasn't going to school. She would <laughs> drop me off at school and I would walk down to the park uh-huh. and smoke weed. Okay. You know? And you know, just as a 15 year old, that's not very productive. Right. So, uh, she was like, you know, you're not going to school anyway. She's like, you can drop out. You have to go get your GED. You have to get a job. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, bet. So that's what I did. And when doing that, I kind of learned poker uh, through one of my mom's boyfriends at the time. We would have like a, a, a you know, a, a game night, poker night or whatever. And whoever lost the most chips uh, would have to do the dishes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started. Yeah. And then, and then I started working. We would buy in for like five, ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Have a few friends over. And I just noticed that I started noticing like, I'm winning more than everyone else. And and, and most of the time we were playing like stud games at first. Mm -hmm. And then uh, another guy that came to play all the time was like, let me show you guys this game called Texas Hold'em. Like it's a much better game. Like there's more strategy. Right. And he showed us that game and I just fell in love. And I started realizing that like, dude, I could get really good at this. Like 
this is awesome. And I was, I would make like 20 bucks and, and be happy, you know, whatever. And so I did some really sketchy stuff. I, I Googled, uh, closest poker games near me. And luckily, man, I got into a situation where I didn't get robbed, didn't get killed, didn't get kidnapped or anything like that. I found this college kid who was running in a game about 30 <laughs> minutes up the road. Um, I still remember it like it was yesterday. What website was this? Uh, Is this on 2 plus 2? No, 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 no. It was like homepokergames.com. It was really <laughs> sketchy. I'm telling you, it was sketchy. Like, the fact that I didn't, like, come up to some, like, Trap house or drug house and right. take my money is, is wild. Right, right, right. Like, I, I would, like, if, you know, I don't have any kids, but if I had a kid and they told me they were doing that, I was like, no way, you're not doing that. Like, right. you're not going there. You know? Right. But uh, it worked out. And like I said, I still remember the ladies yesterday, dude. I bought in. I was working at the time. I took, like, all my, I was a waiter. I took, like, all my tips for the week, which is, like, 80 bucks. And I bought into this poker game and I, I cashed out for $200. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Right. I was hooked. And so, and then I started meeting people around there, then found some local games in my town. And it just gave me a, a, a purpose, man. Poker gave me something to look forward to, something that I knew I could be great at, or at least thought I could be, right? Right. And I, I just felt myself learning and getting better. And this is great for me, man. It, it really got me out of a, a dark time and, and gave me a light, uh, so to speak. Absolutely. We have... Um similar stories and i i truly appreciate you you sharing that um yeah yeah for sure because i think a lot of people yeah, I, I have no shame in my game bro like, <laughs> I, I, that's what I, you know we had kind of pre-gamed this a little bit and i talked to you about that like mm-hmm. i definitely think that a lot of the things that have been through in my life are unique mm-hmm. and some aren't you know a lot of people go through the same stuff that i'm going through but i think that i in general have a pretty positive on out- outlook on life and I try to look at the bright side of, of most scenarios. Um, so yeah, I just think that like you never know what sharing your story or little tidbits or little advice that you could give would, would help someone in a similar situation, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now tell us about life off the felt and your most recent project in Charlotte that I just um, found out about. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so off the fell, I'm pretty chill, man. I'm family oriented. Uh, have a little dog. Excuse me. Uh, have a girlfriend now. We've been, uh, off, or no, I wouldn't say off and on. I hate that term. Like, but we haven't been like super serious until like the last like six months, but we've known each other for about a year. Um, I enjoy working out, going to the gym, staying active. Um, and that's not something I've done my whole life, but I would say the last few years I've, really gotten into to lifting. Okay. Um, I enjoy that. Um, I enjoy sports. Uh, avid, avid football watcher. I'm into like, uh, I don't really play daily fantasy, but I play a lot of best ball. I'm not sure if you heard of that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a real big sports better because I'm not really a gambler. Like I hate losing. Um, and I'm not a good gambler either. So like <laughs> if I'll make like a, you know, a $300 wager and I win it, then I'm like done for the week. But if I if I make that wager and lose, then I have to chase it. That's right. not how you gamble. So it's like yes, I'm yes. Not a, I know that I'm not a good gambler, so I don't sports bet. Okay, um, that's good. If I do, it'd just be like for fun, just like hey, I throw a hundred dollars on this game because I'm watching it or something like that. But I don't expect to win. You know, I don't do it as a living. Right. Um. But uh, 
really into uh, Duke basketball. Big Duke basketball fan. Okay. Uh, big yeah. NFL fan. Other than that, I mean, I watch the NBA, but I, I watch the NBA playoffs mostly. Like, I'll catch a game if there's like a big game, like you know, Warriors Lakers. I watch that, whatever. But I don't watch the NBA religiously. Um, Have you watched the, just, any of the end season tournament games? Yeah, I've watched a few. Okay. Um, I tell you, I tell you what is kind of fun to me, and I don't. I put like ten bucks on them. I'll do like the the underdog like player prop parlays, but that's yeah. kind of fun, and that 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 makes me watch the games a little bit more. Right. Um. But you know, like I said, those are just small. Like if I'm gonna watch the game or looking for something to do that night, um, I'll do that. So yeah, I'm pretty simple guy, man. I, like I said, I spend a lot of time with my family. Like I see. Uh, my mom and my grandmother, they live together. Uh, I see them every day. So, yeah, pretty pretty low-key when I'm not traveling. When I'm traveling, obviously, enjoy poker, going out with the friends and mm-hmm. eating good food. That's one thing I believe in is spending, spending whatever money I can on food. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> big, big on food. I feel like someone told me that like way back in the day. Um, I was in Tampa grinding cash, and uh, I was kind of broke at the time. And one of the regulars was like, yo, let's go go to the steakhouse. And I was like, all right, bet. Mm-hmm. Go to the steakhouse. I didn't know what I was signing up for. I, I never ate a, like, a, <laughs> a nice <laughs> nice steakhouse at the casino. I go in there. I'm like, dude, that's $75 for a steak. I was like, what is this? And he's like, he's like I'm telling you, man. He's like, trust me. He's like, you're going to have to eat anyway. So you might as well, you know, do it right for, you know, occasionally. Right. And I was like, all right, man, I'll, I'll see what you're talking about. You know, had a, had a nice steak, and you know it was worth it. So, I, don't know, I just feel like ever since then, like I don't mind treating myself to some nice meals and stuff like that. So, yeah, I enjoy good food, and yeah, I'm pretty simple, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, I uh, the last year or so, I got into photography. Okay. Um, and I've been having a lot of fun with that, and it's funny people ask me like, "How'd you get into photography?" And I'm just like, honestly. TikTok. <laughs> All right. It's kind of funny. It's like I was scrolling on TikTok and, you know, you, you get your for you page, you know, the algorithm goes crazy and you start watching this photography video and the next thing you know, that's all that's on your page. And I started getting into, into that. And the really, the thing that got me into it the most was uh, street photography. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. No. Okay. So street photography is... It's more geared towards uh, bigger cities um, where people just go around and take candid shots of people doing daily stuff. Okay. You, know, you catch people in the city just doing daily stuff, and basically it's the art of telling a story with your photo. Okay. And, and that's the part that I really love is, like, I could take a photo, and I could see one story happening. And you can look at that same photo, and you can see a completely different story. Yes. But we're all looking at the same photo, and it brings us together. Wow. So I really, like, I really gravitated towards that. I started watching a bunch of YouTube videos and street photography and all this stuff, traveling around the world. And I was like, wait, I already traveled for poker anyway. Right. I was like, let me invest in a camera. I was like, uh. you know, if, if at worst, I got a camera, a nice camera, and I have just a picture taker. Right. But... You know, at best, hey, this may pay me back one day, you know? Yes. So I was like, all right, let's, let's get into it. And I pretty much uh, taught myself, man, through uh, through YouTube videos. I, picking up a camera, I had no idea what I was doing. 
Um, so it's pretty much self-taught through YouTube videos. And yeah, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it for sure. Started, um, I've done a couple, uh, sorry, that's loud. I've done a couple paid gigs um, already. So yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I picked up um, while picking up all this podcast equipment, uh, camera myself. And that's one thing. I've figured out the podcast equipment. I figured out how to do the streaming. But that's the one thing I haven't got down packed. I've been using my iPhone rather than messing with the camera. So um, I'll be yeah. going to see some family this past week. Hopefully I get a chance to take some photos of the family, have some memories, and then, like yourself, go online and try to figure it out. Yeah, that's the, and that's the thing is getting in photography. Like, you don't really notice, like, just capturing a moment with a photo is, is really, really cool, man. Like, you can yeah. always go back to that that moment. Like, life goes by so fast, and photography kind of slows it down in a sense, and I, I really love that aspect of it. Um, that's another thing I forgot about is uh, I was into video games for a while. I think <laughs> COVID kind of maybe brought the, the video gamer out or back in everyone, you know, or that used to play as a kid anyways. Um, so I was into gaming for a little bit, so I got like a whole, you know, streaming setup and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I had fun with that for a while, but now it's turned into my, uh, photography workstation. So my PC anyway. Nice. So, nice. Having fun with it, man. Enjoying the journey, man. Uh, like I said, I, I am enjoying the journey and if it, you know, if it, if I make money off of it one day, then that'll be great, but I'm not relying on it to, to pay my bills, you know, so I'm still right. having fun with it, you know. And that's the thing that I loved about, or that I still love about poker is like, yeah, it's work, but it never really feels like work to me because I love doing it, you know. Right. And I hope that that passion never leaves. Um, not that I want to be, you know, a professional poker player for the rest of my life, but I do think that the game will be always a part of my life in some kind of way, you know. All right. We'll be like Doyle and, you know, it seems like almost his last memories, it seems like, is on a poker table. Obviously, I don't know the man personally. Um, yeah. But, you know, everything he did for the game, that's how I, I want to be being able to play until I can't play anymore. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so at the end of the show, uh, when I have guests on, I really want, I like to talk about these juicy, hot, um, uncomfortable topics. And it's pretty much the whole point of the the show, especially for the black and brown community, for us to get into investing in um, stock market, whether it be real estate, crypto, whatever the case may be, whatever your, um, you know, what your passions are, whatever your um, your expertise is in. Um, I'm really been diving into the stock market this year. I've been going to a lot of financial literacy conferences. Um, I'm no, I don't know if you're familiar with Earn Your Leisure, um, but I follow them a lot um, as far as uh, financial literacy. Uh, if you're not familiar, if you're not familiar, they just put on an event in August in Atlanta. Uh, there was twenty thousand people there, and he had yeah he had Diddy there. It was uh, pretty much the conference was the whole weekend, Friday through Sunday. Um, he had Diddy there to speak. Steve Harvey was there. Robert Smith, he's a billionaire. Um, Kathy Woods, she's a um, like a hedge fund manager. Uh, Michael, I think it's 
Robinstein or something like that. He's another kind of hedge manager guy that manages a lot of money um, for folks, whatever the case may be. Um, Jeezy was there. He performed a bunch of people. Um, but anyways, I've really been uh, really diving now, deep. Is that, is that uh-huh. a conference like that? Is that open to the public? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was okay. 300 bucks for the whole weekend. Okay. Yeah, uh, and that's just a gen, uh, general admission. Uh, you can pay for the VIP, and you know they have levels and tiers and things. If you really want to go up, um, there's a vendor. Yeah, vendor area. If you have your own business, it's a great place to um, pretty much network and sell your products and services. So, anyways, I always say that um, if anyone's not familiar, definitely check it out. But the point I wanted to yeah. get, yeah, the point I want to get I, at. I had saw, I had uh-huh. saw something about that on your uh your facebook um, yeah that you were going or maybe it was instagram i don't know it was one okay. of the, like your story not like a post right it was a story where you were you were at uh some conference or something you okay see, i was uh i've been meaning to ask you about that anyway. yeah that was awesome and then most recently there was one in uh maryland it was called the blackwell summit and that was awesome the governor of maryland was I there that might have been the one i'm talking about okay actually. Okay, yeah, the yeah. Governor, governor of Maryland was there, Westmore. Um, it was actually held at a church, and so I've been going to oh, the okay. going to the church, um, and so it's it's it it was a lot more than what I was expecting. It it really blew my oh, mind. Okay. Um, I, it, like in a good way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to go there and to to join a church. I've, I'm uh, now. I mean, I'm not. I don't really want to. I'm not the person to talk about faith at all. And, um, obviously, uh, well, I'm Christian. Um, obviously I believe in God. And so, right. but I've in this industry, in this world, um, in this poker world that I live in, you kind of, kind of drift away sometimes from, you know, yeah, where no, your I, roots I, are. It, it, yeah. It can be, uh, well, that's the one thing is I, I think that in the world, the, in the gambling world, as you would say, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, hate, I honestly don't really like when people call it the gambling world because when people say, like, hey, oh, you, when I tell them that I play poker for a living, they're like, oh, you're a professional gambler. I'm like, ah, not really because, like, you know, I, <laughs> I I think I have an edge in poker. So, right. like, uh, you know, and if I – when that edge goes away, I think I'll stop playing. So um, <laughs> I don't think I'm really a gambler, and I don't like to gamble. But anyways, yeah. uh, in the gambling world um, – you know, politics and religion are kind of taboo to talk about. Yes, you know, because yes. People so fired up. Right, right. It's just like that unwritten rule that you don't really speak upon those things unless someone, you know, directly brings it up to you. Then exactly. It's you know, usually okay, but. Right, right, yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, so it was, it's been great to be able to kind of like what I like to call come back home. Um, but yeah, you, sure. Yeah, but you kind of hit on it and. As far as growing up, did you um your family did you guys ever talk about like finances or money, budgeting, saving, investing or anything like that? You know, it's funny, man. In life I, I feel like so often that um you'll have things in life that you don't really talk about, you're not really privy to mm-hmm. and they're not uh relevant in your life and then once you like start learning and start or once that's introduced to you, it starts coming up, right? Yes. And it's funny that you mentioned that because, dude, I, I mean, I didn't go very far in school, so I was never taught how to how to manage your money, how to, right. how to budget, how to work a checkbook, how to do your taxes, anything like that. I wasn't taught anything 
about any of that. And just recently, actually yesterday, <laughs> I was watching, uh, you know, a budgeting video just teaching me uh, about all that stuff, man. Because to be honest, like as a poker player <laughs> and throughout my life, money has come so easy to me that I haven't had to do that. Right. But now that I'm like getting serious, kind of want to start a family and, you know, going to move in with my girl and, you know, uh, not to call her out, I haven't mentioned her name, but you know, she's even self-admitted. She's not the best with money management either. So I feel like it's something that's demand in the relationship that I need to get a hold of. Right. So it's really funny that you asked me that, but no, um, you know, in my life, those things haven't been uh, prevalent in my life. Right. And so obviously there's families that are, have that information and there's families that are not. And unfortunately in the black and brown communities, more times than not, we don't have that information. And so we weren't, pass that information on we're probably not passing it on to our kids and we just continue this cycle um so i at least it's great that we're you guys are talking about it and having that conversation which is wonderful um and i don't like to get too much of my personal um uh life or i shouldn't say that because i've been talking about it on my podcast um but that was really the one thing that is um it was extremely important to me is making sure that, you know, finances are something you talk about. It's not something, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but it's something that you need to talk about. You just can't just not deal with it because you make good money. Um, right. no, you want to yeah. keep that money too. And you want that money to be yeah. working for you. Um, so, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. But one thing for you and you, and you've noticed there, uh, you learned, you started playing at a young age is bankroll management. So, um, can you, and this is now, that's why I said, this is a conversation for poker players that you don't like talking about. Can you right. talk about, um, just like how you not necessarily what your strategy or anything like that, but just, um, just like managing a poker bankroll, just the importance and just how, how uh, hard it is sometimes because personal things in life happen and you sometimes may have to yeah. deplete that role. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a thing I, for me. Um, I've done a lot better at it at an older age, mm -hmm. but uh, when I was younger, I went, bro went broke a few times. Um, and it's, you know, like you said, it comes down to poor management of the money and thinking that that money will always come back. And, um, you know, as, so my deal, not to get like too personal, but uh, my deal is I'm back for tournaments, but I play cash on my own. Okay. So, for me, the bankroll management thing is, it, it would be, it would be way more important to me if I was playing tournaments on my own, right? Right. So, like, when having a backer for tournaments, uh, you know, you have makeup numbers, so, and you're playing off a certain bankroll, mm -hmm. um, so that's already kind of, I don't want to say allotted for you, right? but a lot of that accounting is done for me. Okay. Um, and, I, well, I don't want to say for me, because... I do it, but, you know, it, it's separate. Let's say that. No, I understand. So, yeah. So, for me, now, at this point in my life, like I said, I'm trying to start a family. So, at this point in my life, I think it's very important for me to sit down and separate that for myself. And uh, to be, you know, completely honest, and I'm not scared to admit it, like, I don't have a separate right now. Like, I, I have money that I don't touch, mm -hmm. but, you know, I have my daily my daily money and, and money I play poker with, but you know, I, I also have 
money that is quote unquote untouchable for me. Right, but right. I personally would I'm actively looking for ways to make that untouchable money work for work for me. Yes. Uh, because yes. It's, it's not doing enough for me right now, uh, admittedly. Right. So, uh, so that is a it's not a tough conversation for me, but that's a conversation that I really can't add a lot to you or to your uh, to, you know to the people listening. So right. that's uh you know. I don't have uh, a lot of experience in those in those fields, and I definitely should be better and want to be better about uh, making my money work for me. Just because, like, just because I don't need to touch that money doesn't mean it needs to. It doesn't need to be working better than it is. Basically, what I'm saying. Right, right. Because I mean, when we think about it, the money. If um, and this is a this is the reason why I I know this is, and it's not necessarily. It's a good problem to have, right? Having money set aside, you don't have to touch, but you want it to be making money. That's an awesome problem to have. A lot of people wish they had that problem, but the it's a problem in our community because I know there's so many poker players that have a bankroll, and that cash is literally just sitting in that cash as where you're losing value because inflation and just over time, the dollar is just going, it's just dropping. Um, and all these geo geopolitical things that are going on. Um, so just learning ways to, um, kind of use that, to use those funds to, to generate income while you're sleeping that you don't have to work. You know, you don't have to do anything for it. it's passive income. Um, those things are key. And, and so there's there's two things that I'm trying to do. A, I'm trying to do this podcast to unite all poker players, and it's not just poker players. This works for anybody, entrepreneurs, anybody who who kind of relates to the lifestyle that we live. Especially like actors, right? They a lot of them, especially if you're not a actor who's working consistently, a lot of them, um, you know, they, they get these fat checks, and then you have to live off this fat check for years. Yeah. And so they have to be very smart with their money. Um, and so yeah. I think there's things that we can learn from that community. And I'm sure our communities probably don't interact and entwine unless we're at a poker table. And you could probably, I, I'm, you've probably played in California. It's, it just, I don't know, something about playing there, especially at the bike. There's just like a buzz playing there. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, I want to build this. This is what I'm trying to build out as a community. And oh, and so awesome, yeah, and I like the, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, 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 you're good. But I was gonna say I like the like the name that you're using, the All In Society, because mm-hmm. it, it's like a double entendre. Well, it's actually more than that, but you know, bringing bringing everyone together. Uh, like I, I really like that, and you're uh, intertwining uh, a bunch of different things. And so uh, <clears throat> yeah, you definitely have my support, man. I like I said, uh, you know, we talked a little bit. Off record, uh, I'd be down to, to hop back on for sure. And yeah, absolutely. And I will be keeping my ears peeled because I am interested in more of the uh, financial aspect of, of the things that you can bring, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then um, hopefully you can give us some more of your coaching tidbits as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, yeah, I I, wanna, I don't want to hold you too too much longer. Um, I really appreciate the, the, uh, the time that you provided for us today. Um, so, uh, yeah, anytime that you are available, the, the, to jump on the live show, jump in the chat, um, you can jump in, um, as long as you have some, you have a camera in front of you, I'll send you a link. Yes, sir. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I definitely uh, look forward to hopping in there. Like I said, I just, right now my schedule is so crazy is helping my grandmother out and yes. you know, balancing the, the 
relationship life, and then I'm getting ready to be doing a bunch of traveling and mm-hmm. holidays and stuff. So, uh, appreciate you for getting me on the pod, and definitely look forward to to doing a, a live show at some point. Absolutely, um, and then yeah, um, definitely happy holidays and good luck. Uh, good luck at the at the win. Take it, take it down. Yeah, that's the plan, brother. That- that's when we're really going to need to talk some financial stuff. I said that thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. What is, what's first place yeah. going to be? Oh, dude. First, I mean, it was $40 million guarantee. I think first place. I mean, I think first place last year was like six. I think it's going to be like eight. I'm telling you, it's another main event. Oh, oh, my word. Did they guarantee a million for the first place or for the final table? I don't know. I okay. Don't know. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I, I can't be for sure on that, but man, okay. forty million guarantee on one tournament oh, is wow. really, really strong. So wow, wow, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm sure the uh, the listener is going to definitely enjoy the show, especially the poker players. So definitely appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the yes, the sir. rest of your day, and um, look forward to speaking to you or with you again. All right. Sounds good, brother. Take it easy. All right. Have a good one.